in the time of your life. Live so that in that good time there shall be no ugliness or death for yourself or for any life that your life touches. Seek goodness everywhere and when it is found, bring it out of the hiding place and let it be free and unashamed. Place in matter and in flesh the least of the values for these are the things that hold death and must pass away. Discover in all things that which shines and is beyond corruption. Encourage virtue in whatever heart it may have driven into secrecy and sorrow by the shame and terror of this world. Ignore the obvious, for it is unworthy of the clear eye and the kindly heart. Be the inferior to no man, nor of any man be the superior. Remember that every man is a variation of yourself. No man's guilt is yours, nor is any man's innocence a thing apart. Despise evil and ungodliness, but not men of ungodliness or evil. These understand. Have no shame in being kindly and gentle, but if the time comes in the time of your life to kill, kill and have no regret. In the time of your life, live so that in that wondrous time, you shall not add to the misery and sorrow of the world, but shall smile to the infinite delight and mystery of it. Dad Bod Rap Pod, episode 151. This episode will be different from any dad bod rap pod episode you've heard in the past we have never dedicated an entire episode to the life and work of a fallen rapper that's going to be different today obviously because of the recent passing of mf doom um, a rapper who you know from listening to this program that is really central to us and what we consider to be uh, good rap music uh, he's perhaps the greatest of, of all time. And his untimely passing has obviously caught everyone by surprise. And we are very grateful to have this space to kind of share our thoughts, feelings about the life, work, and legacy of Doom. Um, I am privileged to be joined here in Zoom by my broskies, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. Nate, how you living? I'm okay. Um, it's it's been a weird time. Clearly, it's um, it, it was extremely upsetting news um, to receive on Thursday, which was New Year's Eve. It was going to be a New Year's Eve unlike any other, anyway. And it's not like I would be doing anything if we were able to do things anyway. But uh, I I got pretty sad. I I won't I won't lie to you. I spent the weekend listening to Doom's music, which is a great thing to do. But circumstances are troubling. So it's good to see you guys. I'm looking forward to talking about it. But it, it's been a little rough. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Uh, also in Zoom with us is Mr. David Ma. How's it going, man? Yo, what's up, fellas? Uh, it's, it's really good to be here. Um, I wish it was under different circumstances, kind of like y'all. I'm very heavy hearted. Uh, um, still, uh, still crushed from the news, but you know what? Um, we're here to celebrate Daniel Dumoulin, so uh, I'm here for that. That's what's up. And also joining us, we are very 
happy to bring on uh, guests we've had on the program before and someone we've had the pleasure and privilege of working with, rapper, comedian, podcast, entrepreneur, Mr. Open Mike Eagle. Mike, how's it going, man? Yo, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm happy to be here with y'all. Um, I was telling somebody yesterday, like, it's, it's already enough that you can't be with other people kind of socially uh, in general mm -hmm. right now. But like, what I feel like what my soul really needs right now is to be in a room with people like and somebody spinning doing when everybody rapping mm -hmm. along loud as hell. Yeah. So like, right. you know, this is probably the closest I'm going to get to that. <laughs> well, I, you know, um, I wanted to touch on, you know, speaking of rapping out loud and sort of processing feelings, um, you popped up today with your Doom freestyle. Can you kind of walk us through that a little bit and the emotion and sort of what went into that? Um, yeah, man. Um, you know, this is really like, so it's Monday, January 4th today. And, you know, we all got that news on New Year's Eve on Thursday. And, um, you know, it's really the first time I've really poked my head out, you know, today on the internet to, to see what people were doing in the world. It, it had been a pretty heavy weekend for me. Um, Cause for me, this is, this has been like a loss, like no other, um, you know, we're all going to go sometime and I've, you know, I've, I admire a lot of musicians and a lot of them have passed away already. So it's not like I've never grieved somebody I've admired in this way before, but the, the difference this time is that like, for me personally, like doom, it was my favorite rapper. Like he made my favorite music. He made the hip hop that is the best as far as like my personal taste and inspirations are concerned. So like just hearing that news, like I had like equal amounts of devastation and confusion mm -hmm. and, um, and trying to work through the fog of like, what do I do to like honor this moment and also try to like push through, um, you know, I turned to music. Um, and my initial thought was like, I'll, I'll just, I'll just bar out because I feel like that's that's kind of the spirit of doom. It's just like getting on a beat and just going for it. My dance ain't the prettiest. My pain ain't the fanciest. My pancreas is fucked the fuck up like sitting Nancy's is. I think miscellaneous and I talk like a know-it-all. I used to buy vodka, it was basically isopropanol. And I started writing, writing, writing. And before I knew it, I'm actually writing about him. Like all the punchlines mm -hmm. are about uh, him and his music and my relationship to it and finding out about the news and everything. And it all kind of like centered around this piece of art I have uh, in my apartment that not a few weeks ago, I actually just looked at and realized this was a photo of a doom poster <laughs> that I bought <laughs> on a piece of original art. Mike, um, you have been pretty vocal about doom being your favorite rapper, but you had a chance to sort of work with him, right? You have songs with yeah. him. Yeah. And you, you touch on it in the um, in the thing, and actually on um, uh, Can't Knock the Shuffle, we got to get a pretty in-depth uh, view behind the scenes of how that ended up coming through the show. But can you can you tell us a little bit about what it meant to you as an artist to um, be on tracks with MF Doom? And can you just give people a little bit of taste of the flavor uh, for the two tracks? Is it two tracks? Yeah, yeah. We did um, uh, Phantoms on the uh, Zarface meets Metalface album that actually Esoteric mm -hmm. from Zarface reached out to me to get on that, um, which was, you know, a huge deal for me. Like, it was like one of those things where I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like, you, you don't mean this. You're going to put me on an interlude or some shit. You're not actually going to, like, put me on a song. Because that actually happened to me before. Like, there's a, a Cool Keith and LaRange album 
that I was invited on, but then I, when I got the album, like the only song I'm on, Cool Keith isn't on. <laughs> 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 like, surely this is one of those again, but no, it was actually uh, legit, man, and, and, and a really huge deal for me. And then we got him on the song Police Myself on the uh, New Negro soundtrack, because each one of those episodes had an original song with a guest star, and we were able to get him on that one. Um, and yeah, I never met him. I never, um, I never even spoke to him directly. There was always at least one person in between uh, him and I. But those emails are real to me. Damn it! <laughs> and um, and um, you know him even being down to to get on the song with me uh, was a big deal. And like you know, um, especially that police myself because he don't rap on beats like that. Um, mm -hmm. He kind of got on with this double time and he was following along, you know, with 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 my subject matter, like black has no standing at law. Whack Billy come back to the jaw. They got the dogs and the cats at your door. If you're smart, get your ass on the floor. Yeah, villain within reason. No consumption is pig grilling season. Treason, black, white, Indonesian. You lacking with no heat and it's freezing. Now send the cop in the head on a bear run. And see him die when he jump out your eardrum. It's even better than using a machine gun. After all, been duking him so long, it's been a mean run. You know, that's that's a that was a really huge deal for me to even know that he took the time to listen to something I did and add on to it. Like, you know, just, just for me personally, like those are things I never thought could happen. Um, so, you know, it's just, it, it's, I, I hold, I hold those moments and those songs very dear. Absolutely. Um, so Mike, you're, you're one of the, the top level lyricists in the world right oh, now. Wow. And, okay. Um, is this where I get my award? That. Do I get my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got snubbed for the daddy. It was a minor controversy. Yo, I, you know what? And I, and, and maybe this is a sidebar too. But I was going to ask about that because y'all said y'all got some pushback from it. And I'm like, if I didn't push back, <laughs> who the hell pushed back? Your stan um, community, very active on Twitter. No, that's it was funny. One, that's one tweet or message is pushback for us. Okay. So, okay. You know, All right. The, <laughs> yeah. So it's a small so we, but verbal community. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we, we, we heard a little bit about that, but, but you're, you're an incredible rapper yourself. You just mentioned that uh, Doom is your favorite can you give us a little bit of like inside baseball on what makes doom so great Ooh, um see okay so that that sounds like it's it's from like a maybe like a technical standpoint yeah yeah say? like okay. rapper from a from you know one master of a craft kind of assessing because this this the thing because my you know i first heard doom in 97 you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, mm -hmm. at his drunken monkest, like <laughs> slurring all over the track, like patterns yeah. is everywhere. But and I still loved it. And and over the course of you know MF Doom being a thing, and you know the Victor Vaughn and King Ghidra and 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 all of it developing it, like especially around that that Victor Vaughn album, he got real sharp. Like mm. he really sharpened it up and tuned it up and got really tight. And now like. You know, if if you listen to stuff he did on did on like Born Like This, um, it's like his he he's he went past the tight to find like a new sloppy that's like on purpose. Mm. <laughs> and it's really, really wild. Like his his cadences and how they kind of like 
slap against the beat. And he, he and and I feel like near, you know, in the in the creation of Born Like This, he got to the point where he no longer really needed logical transitions between the rhymes. Mm-hmm. He just started randomly jumping from rhyme to rhyme. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, like, I felt like I wouldn't, I, I felt like that was cheating or like, like I would like, there was some rule that says you couldn't do that, but there isn't a rule. You can just do that. You know? So like, even in the, in the, in the freestyle that I did, like I did a little bit of that, you know what I'm saying? Like a little bit of just jumping from, from rhyme to rhyme, just cause like, that's the stuff he would remind me that it's like, okay and tight to do. Mm. Um, you know, Mike, you mentioned um, first hearing Doom in 97. And, you know, obviously we, we know about his history as Zev Love and, and with KMD and everything, but you know, given, given his evolution, um, which Doom era was your personal favorite and, mm. and why? I think I do gotta go with that 2004 era. And I don't know, there might be a, a couple years span frontwards and backwards of that, but where you go like Victor Vaughn, Mm Food, um, Mad Villain, Danger Doom. Um, and I really like, I think Danger Doom is so underrated. Like I know there's some stuff on there that's like so, it's so about the Adult Swim franchises that it gets a little bit less like, less something to be considered a song. But just in terms of his technique, um and and his his imagination because that's what he had that a lot like that was really important to me that we didn't get a lot of an underground rap like he came up in the keeping it realist to the keep it real era and you just didn't have those sorts of like like that prince paul type imagination like the the just just the the whimsy like you know what i'm saying like i i'm that whimsy was really important to me so like him going in on some of those cartoon franchises just gave him even more license to just paint these worlds that were just, you know, in, insane and otherworldly compared to like the gritty shit that we were getting everywhere else. Uh, this is kind of a personal question, but I'm wondering, and I'll, I'll share mine if you guys want, what, what did you decide to listen to when you heard the news? Um, you know what? Um, I had my greatest joy. I found some DJ on YouTube who was doing a tribute mix. Um, he didn't like he did it sounded like he didn't know how to hook his shit up to YouTube, right? Like his his phone was going <laughs> off, like there was feedback from the mic, but it was like it was perfect because it was just somebody who loved Doom that much that like they needed to do a mix right then. Like and it might have been just like a you know, a couple hundred people listening, but it's like I needed that. Like I didn't want to pick. I wanted somebody else to pick. Cause like, I, I actually was, I had a moment where I was like, do I even want to hear his voice? Like, I don't even know if I want to hear it. Cause I feel like it's gonna, it's gonna make me too sad. But actually like, just, just having somebody else kind of guide me through and just play some joints. And I could just like be excited and be in my zone and scrunch my face up and rap along. Like, um, that's what I found to be most helpful in that, that first day. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's, uh, it's, it's odd to, be mournfully rapping along like it's just it was a weird moment on thursday i had a, a, a similar experience except for i was choosing my own tracks my wife was doing something in the kitchen and so i kind of excused myself to go have all my feelings and i'm like standing over my turntable doing rap hands with a tear in my eye and i'm yeah. like this is a new feeling for me but i don't know what else to do i have the fr- i have all these records i have the setup i like i need to hear the music i need to i need to live in this right now yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, but his music doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. Even the mournful 
side of Doom when he's remembering Subrock in particular um, is is still like technical and um, cartoony. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was an it was an odd juxtaposition. He didn't leave us like a David Bowie Black Star album that just explained oh. everything that you were about to feel so eloquently. Right? Damn, you're right. Yeah, he didn't do that. Um, you know, I want to just sort of uh, switch gears a little bit because we've been trying to get your insight as as a technical, your technical insight as a rapper um, and, and how you regard Doom. But the other flip side to Doom is obviously his production um, mm-hmm. strength. Um, can you sort of just, you know, from, from the standpoint of, a, of an MC, talk about Doom's beats and his production and sort of, you know, what about that is, is striking? Um. So he had he had the, the the sort of attitude that he will sample whatever the fuck he wants, um, from the Beatles to the ending theme to Sesame Street, to you know all, of course all of the comic book stuff, the Marvel stuff that, and, and he did, he he didn't obviously he didn't give any credence or thought to like all the legalities that make it really hard to make a particular kind of rap music that like and and it's and it's weird too because i think about this a lot about how like the rap a lot of the rap music that's really most important to me uh laws are such now where it would be very illegal and or very expensive to make any of those projects and he just didn't care and like that un that non-caring made him explore sampling and to stay in the zone of doing it in the rawest way possible. Like, so, you know, trying to find the dopest loops and not, you know, not to flip them and chop them up, but just, no, I want to rap over this loop and then to be hitting them with like MPC drums that sound like somebody banging on a lunch table. Like, and, and that was his own. So he found a thousand ways to flip that but that was always his approach. Like, let mm-hmm. me find the rawest loop. Let me hit it with the bang in his drums. And then, you know, he, he just kind of went forward from there and, and, and just found a whole bunch of different sounds to play with. Yeah, I think an interesting a- part of his production legacy too was he was so free with releasing the instrumentals and reusing them in different projects. Like, like uh, this big realization has been, and Mike, you've touched on it a little bit, there's no rules. And right. so it's like, if it's an MF Grimm song for this album and a Master Ace song for that album, then so be it. It's a great beat. People are going to use them how they use them. So I think the giving us the gift of all of those special herbs and spices to be used in so many different ways um, was an interesting kind of business practice and something that like really let us study the technique. When we did our um, Doomsday tribute episode last year with um, Crate 808, I said that Doomsday, the album had kind of a ragged glory. And I think that really applies to his, his early production technique. And I love the way you evoked the way you, he can hear him hitting the pads. I usually, yeah. don't, I usually don't like that. But when he does it, for whatever reason, the kind of, um, I don't know, the freedom of it and the, the refutation of quantization mm-hmm. and the ability to, for the music to sound like it's full of life, I think right. just like eventually eclipses the kind of, uh, I normally wouldn't like that, but it's Doom doing it. Yeah. Mike, mm-hmm. uh, we, we really appreciate you making the time. I wanna, I wanna as we kind of round home here, I want to ask you about legacy, yeah. right? Um, every artist, that passes leaves kind of a body of work behind and then um 
it's interesting how future generations pick up on it or don't. Um, I've said on this program a couple times, I've been surprised in the lack of staying power of Tupac's legacy. When he mm. died, it was like he was the biggest thing ever. And now, um, you know, I, I'd say it's, it's his influence on the rappers and the youth of today has just really waned. Um, looking at MF Doom, everybody he influenced over the past 20 years uh, of his run, uh, 20 plus years of his run, what do you think his, his lasting legacy will be when we're looking 5, 10, 15 years out? Wow. Um, hmm. So I think the immediate thing people are going to pick up on and, and maybe try to run with is like wordplay. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a particular kind of wordplay that's like, it's, it's very, like, even though his beats weren't quantized, usually his rhyme schemes are very much like mm -hmm. on the four. Um, you know, that's also including, though, like I said, on Born Like This, he was really mixing a lot of that stuff up. But um, in general, his rhyme schemes are very on the grid. Um, mm -hmm. but, but within that, just a lot of internal rhymes and playing with syllables and like I said jumping from rhyme to rhyme and and I think like like if I, I'm looking at you know the freestyle I put out today I looked at a couple of other people's freestyles mm -hmm. uh, Michael Christmas just put one out uh, Lupe put one out um, and and some other little birdies told me they're going to be putting some out too and and I and I the link that I'm seeing is like everybody having so much fun with language mm inside the rhythm of hip-hop like the, the the fun you can have in language when when juxtaposed against the beat like that to me i think is is a is is something that people are going to point to as saying you know, as as something they remember him by um i think in terms of his legacy on the music culturally like that's really hard to say because he's a very known quantity probably as, as known as you can be and and never have been a major label act. Um, but I, I just, you know, the, the, the music has changed so much. Like I was a second ago, um, you know, going through Instagram and somebody posted footage of a Doom concert and, uh, and he was, and this, it was one when it was really him and, and the beat to Hey came on and like that beat hit and you can see everybody in the crowd, like, head nodding and that head nod music really don't exist like it used to mm. and, and i'm wondering like what does the, what does the legacy of a doom look like when there's not head nod music when, when that's not something that's celebrated in the culture like it used to be mm. um the music like it sounds so different now even even though like so many of the young rappers are really dope and really uh lyrically deft it's just that the the the, the sound has moved to trap for the most part, the rhythm has moved to trap. And so I think the legacy that Doom leaves behind as an artist musically, um, it's just a lot of question marks, man. I really, I really kind of, I don't know where it lands. Um, Cause I don't know how what he did is gonna keep translating going forward. Mm, that's a, that's, that's, it'll be real interesting to see. Uh, Mike, we really thank you for coming on. Um, it's it's you know 
like Dave said, it'd be great for us to build on, on some better circumstances, but we're happy that you could join us for this program. Your insight is incredible. Everybody go check out uh, Mike's Freestyle. What did you say? Doom about to move more mass than Dr. Fauci? Yes, yes, <laughs> like, I did. I was, I, was, I was proud of that one. I was proud so of that So good, one. man. So good. <laughs> a good line. So good. Appreciate it, man. Uh, speaking of moving things, uh, y'all sell the mugs, man. Sensitive thugs. They all need mugs, man. Get it. <laughs> Bod Rap Pod, that was our conversation with the Honorable Open Mike Eagle. Want to thank him again for coming on, sharing his insights on the life, career, and work of MF Doom. For our second segment, me and the bros are going to talk more about Doom, his work, what it meant to us through the vehicle of, of some of our favorite tracks from over his, his vast career. Um, and it was a hard exercise to do, saying pick two or three tracks because, um, you know, Doom started off in the early 90s and was making dope things for a really long period of time. But uh, we've cobbled together some of our favorites. It's gonna talk a little bit about what they mean to us and kind of, um, I'd like if we could, maybe a little bit for some who, who aren't, doom aficionados in the way that we are um maybe just give a, a, a few entry points um for folks who who want to know and understand more um i'm definitely not of the opinion that you should shame anyone who's trying to learn about mf doom right now i think that's Never. that's completely fine um i think that's totally fine if you're trying to schlep stuff and mark it up 500 percent, i hate you um <laughs> but that's that's america and it's necrophilic ghoulishness um dave you maybe we should start here because of all of us dave is the only one who actually had contact um yeah, with thanks. mf yeah. um and i know you've talked about it on the show before but maybe before we get into our whole uh song and dance routine um just talk a little bit about what it was like to to interview mf doom and kind of how that went down yeah, man. Well, you know, it was, I mean, looking back, it was certainly one of the greatest honors I've had as a writer. I, um, but even then, even then I knew it was, it was sort of a momentous thing because um, one, it took forever to even set up the interview sort of very uh, doom style, just like flaking on me like eight times, dude. But you know, I was still on it. I wanted to make it happen. And um, yeah, man, when we finally did, um, it, when I finally talked to him, it was very much like all the other accounts of Doom. Everybody's like, oh my God, it's Doom, it's Doom. But he is just the nicest, most normal dude, you know? And, and that's the thing about Doom. I mean, he exists in a different universe and also is the dude down the street in the basement making beats, you know? So, mm. um, but it, it was fantastic, man. Um, I, I don't want to just be too self-referential, but I mean, check out the interview. It's, I, it, I think it's very insightful of sort of um, his uh, working um, 
process as well as just his outlook when it comes to artistry um, and how he doesn't take himself seriously and why he wears the mask and you know just overall I mean there, there's a lot of uh, there's a, a lot of laughs that were edited out of it because he's sort I mean during our interview he was kind of laughing and, and joking and just really easygoing the whole time mm. And um, this was around the Born Like This era. So he, okay. he sounded like older Doom. It wasn't like I was talking to Zev Love. It's, it sounded like fucking Doom who just read Bukowski, you know? Mm -hmm. um, anyways, it, it was one of the biggest like honors I've had. And it's really great. I, I go back and read the interview and like get chills. And, you know, even more, even more now for very sad reasons. It's mm. kind of funny, David. I don't think you would phrase it like this, but I'm going to phrase it like this. Like I've heard you like basically say like fuck this artist for the rest of their life for like their tone in an interview that was set up easily so for you to be like he flaked on me eight times but it was amazing it was an honor is like I don't think people realize how big of a deal that is and I think it's kind of funny because it's an amazing cavalcade of stories of people who knew and worked with Doom mm -hmm. are, are coming out now and it's like right. how's the time and it's like it's amazing to see the timeline filled with so much love and reverence for doom but there are like he's a thorny character like he's right, kind of right. a scammer he's kind of a <laughs> a shifty person he like didn't let people like be have the upper hand in business totally. very often like he broke contracts he ran away mm -hmm. from things like it's such an interesting like his villainous behavior and his villainous persona was part of a real like kind of seeming and I, I don't know him I've never met him I'm just a fan of his music and someone who's mm -hmm. followed his career very closely and doesn't care if he breaks a contract with Adult Swim why would I give a shit <laughs> um but it's part of the it's part of the narrative and so I just wanted totally. to like kind of point out like you I've heard you go so much harsher on so many <laughs> worse people for so much less that it's kind of cool to hear you be like I I still love Doom it was an honor to talk to him and like I will try eight times to set up the interview. You don't 100%. just like forget it, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, I just totally. think that's kind of funny, but. Uh, oh man. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And that means a lot to me. And you know, and who, and who, who would have known? Like maybe I would have caught him on a bad day where he was just like, give me one yeah. word answers. And um, just right before was, we sat to record, I was watching the Red Bull Music Academy. Oh yeah, yeah, with yeah. With Doom and uh, Chairman, Chairman Mao, Mao. From Ego Trip. And Chairman Mao, I was telling my wife because she there were a bunch of times in it where uh, Mao would ask a question and Doom would just kind of like totally. hold the mic and just stare at him for like an uncomfortably long amount mm -hmm. of time. Like mm -hmm. we all are semi-professional interviewers here. We talk to people every week. We just had an interview that, you know, could have gone better, but wasn't a disaster. But she's like, why isn't he, my wife, Lucia, turns to me and she's like, why, why isn't he talking? And I'm like, I don't know what his deal is. This is a really weird interview. And like Chairman Mao has the most credentials mm -hmm. you could have. He's from New York. He founded mm -hmm. Ego Trip. He's written for all the major publications. He's mm -hmm. as in this music as it's possible to be. Totally. And Doom is just mad dogging him. I know. <laughs> and then, Doom and is Doom. Yeah. Bring the question sort of if he wants to. It's just, yeah. just a really, really weird interview. And it's it's just so interesting for a person who had such a long career and did a bunch of stuff. He did all the stuff you're supposed to do, but there's just not much to go on. He was mysterious. And we've talked about that quite a bit in regards to the band Salt and some of the other rappers that we like who are able to cultivate a mystique. And in the internet era, which Doom's you know first recordings come, came in a very early internet age, and now he, he kind of exists as like a 
a character on the internet, especially now, mm -hmm. um, mystique is basically the hardest thing to have. Everyone knows everything about everyone. We know right, that, right. like Trinidadian and Zimbabwean, and right, we right. know Subrock's real name, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but um, it's just, it's interesting that he purposefully crafted a persona that allowed him to do what he wanted, and he carried it through for like 30 years. That's I amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, an unparalleled run. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous in, t in terms of transformation and reinvention as well. I mean, uh, who has done that and who can? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's the, the interesting parallel here is someone, if you took Zevlovex out of it and you just talk about MF Doom, is kind mm -hmm. of what LP did, but he stayed LP. Mm. Like Run the Jewels okay. era LP is somewhat similar to a type of, like, it's like going under, coming back. Yeah and like yeah. getting more popular than ever by sticking to your guns. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's always been the same guy. It's not like he, he came back as MC Jamie Maline or whatever, you know what right. I mean? Right, like, no, totally, totally, was, yeah. Those are two survivors of this era who learned how to thrive within the new confines of um, right. whatever you call this economy, like the, the music not mattering economy. <laughs> yeah. Adult swim economy? Yeah, the, the yeah. merch salesman <laughs> economy by a right. <laughs> what about Demo? you Demo? yeah tell us about your relationship with doom yeah man um i i feel like a lot of the the things i've been thinking about mike said in a better way than i would uh but just as as a as a rapper and somebody who was big into cam d um heavy into cam d um black bastards in particular was uh, just a seminal record for me. And so that's kind of like proto-Doom that we see on that. The, the tone shift from Candy's first album to, to Black Bastards is you start to see the Doom persona um, start to formulate. And I was, I was just all about it. Like I really connected with it during that time. And then uh, the early Fondalum releases that uh, Open Mike Eagle spoke to where he's obviously drunk. Um, and just kind of <laughs> blurring. And I just remember that being so much of like a breath of fresh air for the, for the same reasons that have been spoken on is because he just injected this new thing of freedom. You got to think about right. 96, 97 was about being super sharp, super technical. At that time, I would have told you that Pharaoh Mach is the best rapper on the planet. He kind of still is in some ways. <laughs> but um, but <clears throat> he... Doom's approach in the beginning was almost to be like, fuck craftsmanship. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the type of rhyme style that would make sense over this crazy ass beat. Mm -hmm. um, and it worked. Now, I know that he like re-released those joints. I don't think he was necessarily too proud of how some of the early stuff sounded um, and continued to refine this new character, but he stuck with it and it just got in some ways better and better. Um, yeah. You know, you could argue there's other rappers who have had longish runs, but I think what sets Doom apart, for me anyway, is that um, his new, you know, the new little joints here and there he was dropping, he was still him. He, he was, was still, still at him. the top, yeah. top of his fucking game uh, doing the thing that he did best. And he never compromised and he never, um, you know, even when he was uh, doing stuff with Adult Swim, 
it was still doing shit. Like it never, <clears throat> he never uh, pulled any punches. And so uh, for me, I feel like uh, in some ways a, a, a mentor, I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine who's, who's not necessarily a rap fan, who's just kind of like, help me understand the, the thing of like, why, why is this guy so important? Um, and, you know, again, I think Mike got inside my head and ca cannibalized my talking point here, uh, <laughs> is that it's just the joy of fucking with words, which yeah. at the end of the day is all that rap is. You can convey a message, great. Uh, you could say horrible things, you could say socially irresponsible things, all those things are permissible, but it, it's all about how you're playing with the words. Um, and when it comes to playing with the words, nobody is better than Doom. Like, Right. His, his approach to rhyming for the sake of rhyming um, is unparalleled. And no, so totally. I, I, think, I think that for me is going to be like the thing that um, uh, will be his, his lasting legacy and will be the thing that um, I do think Doom will be studied. I know that Mike kind of raps going into another direction. I, I do think that Boom Bap and the underground rap backpack aesthetic is in some ways timeless and his music will be the representative of that. Whenever a new generation, it's just like when you found out about Bob Marley and you were like, oh shit, you know, here's somebody who our lifetimes did not overlap, but is a gateway into a whole thing. I think Doom will be that, be that for, uh, for future generations. Um, Nate, you, you kind of talked about a, a great story of, of uh, what you did in that moment when you heard uh, what went down? Did you tell us what songs you played? Um, I actually listened to Mad Villain okay. first. And it's kind of because I didn't think I was ready to listen to ones where he talks more mm -hmm. about his life. Um, I, so I, was, I, I went to Mad Villain first, which kind of surprised me. Um, but I just wanted to hear MF Doom rap without like kind of the... Skits and the yeah. baggage if you will of like him like really expressing his true self it's so much a wordplay record and the songs are short and it just that was just what i ended up going to first and then i started playing some cuts from mm -hmm. warren like this and it was the hardest thing for me to listen to was doomsday mm -hmm. um when he talks about his brother especially towards the end of the doomsday album when he's talking about <clears throat> you know all the stuff that went down with sub rock and um it just it that like hit me really hard so um yeah it's I, I feel like this passing is really momentous for me in a way that like I don't really let myself get upset about celebrities if you will like I feel like I felt these last couple of days the way everybody in the world felt when Prince and mm -hmm. David Bowie died like I like Prince I like David Bowie but like they're not as important to me as MF Doom like Doom's like life and music is something like I've really cared about and I've studied and like I bought all his records and I, I just, it's just someone whose music is just really, I don't know. It's just the soundtrack mm -hmm. to my life. So um, it's just, I don't know, man. It's like, it's upsetting. Yeah. Like, it's just, I, I don't want to want to center myself in the narrative at all. As Dave and I have been texting about all weekend. It's just like, how do we celebrate Doom's music without, foregrounding ourselves and our right. relationship to it too much because we're not really important here. There's millions of people around the world who feel the way that we do right now. So I think um, something I wanted to kind of talk about that I don't feel like is being talked about enough is how Doom had this radical approach, especially as a producer to tempo. Mm. 
like um, let's let's talk a little bit about Tick Tick and No Snakes Alive and even Rock Cocaine mm-hmm. Flow, um, which is one of his biggest guest appearances. Um, he w- he just wasn't afraid to play with tempo and like to take the kind of uh, mechanism of speeding up and slowing down the beat in a fairly, I don't know what you call it, like naive. Like you could just tell what he's doing. Yeah. He's like, okay, this goes faster, this goes slower. It's not, yeah. it's not like transparent. Thank you. It's not like some like studio trickery. It's just, we're going on. Slow it up, speed it up, slow it up, speed it up. Metal fingers, feet, beats, grim reaper, eat it up. Speed it up, slow it up, speed it up, slow it up. Brain sick, tick, 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 MF, blow it up. Boom. Very straightforward, but um, when I was a younger person getting really into underground hip hop, those moments, especially on Tick Tick and No Snakes Alive, were just like thrilling to me. Yeah. And I had that, mm-hmm. that mind blown moment of like, oh, you can do that? Yeah, right. Like we interviewed Latirix last week. They rapped at the same time, and that blew my mind. Then MF Doom comes along and says, "Like you can speed the beat down and slow it down, and refer to that in the song and write it and make the song about that." And that that's something that blew my mind. So um, I think it's just the I want to agree with something you just said, Damone, which is that the he's a real banner carrier for underground hip-hop like he's if he's not the greatest rapper of all time he's certainly the greatest underground rapper of all time and he personifies the best qualities of that style of music and i think in that way he will be studied throughout time and i i have to say i'm just catching myself and i'd love to hear what dave thinks about any of this next but like it's i'm having trouble referring to him in the the past tense Right. Like, I, I don't know if it's because of the circumstances of the announcement that he was actually gone before. Right. I knew it. Like, I just haven't accepted this really yet. Well, I mean, he's always been in a, in a different galaxy and um, wonderment dies when myths do. And, mm. and Doom's, Doom's a fucking myth. So when he, I mean, I still, it still feels weird talking about him in the past, past tense. So I totally know what you're saying. I'm fucking stuttering because it's, getting emotional but yeah man it's 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 really it's really intense and it it, i'm really glad to see him get his flowers from national um, publications as well as everybody else and um to your point earlier damone how doom's going to be an entry point to people and i think different eras of doom will be different entry points Mm. you know what i mean Mm. whereas like with with bob marley you know you listen to a legend and you're like all right no no more buffalo soldier all right but you you can you can explore the fuck out of just his mad villain stuff, you know, like to this morning I was listening to the mad villain demos just because I wanted a sort of a a different take on something I've heard before a million times. And um dude, it's still so moving, man. It's still so moving. And to hear that like, you know, all these behind the scenes stories that are like coming out and how like, oh uh, you know, at at the so and so saw him just loop up Operation Doomsday and record it and or record certain songs in one take because that's all he that's all he had you know like mm. crazy shit like that and yeah man it's it, it's really hard i'm it's it's been really hard to reconcile um but as we sort of like get into our favorite doom songs and stuff that we touch on i wanted to bring up that's that because that's a, a later era doom cut that that i know um means a lot to nate as well um and it reminds me of when Nate and I and um, our friend um, Albert Jenkins, uh, shout out, shout out to Alan, 
we were in Chicago on a digging trip and I had just gotten the Born Like This um, uh, press release. So uh, to have that, and we were bumping that in the, um, uh, in the hotel room. So I always, I always sort of think back at that and to think back at that and to be like, that was sort of the beginning of later doom. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That wasn't even, that wasn't even the height of it. And uh, it just stands so tall, man. I, it, it's what, what a huge loss. Already woke, spit a joke, barely spoke, rarely smoked, stared at folks when properly provoked, mirror broke, hair share a strawberry morning, born and more important, spawning, torn in, poor men sworn in, corners hens, switching positions, auditioning morticians, sword in a vision, ignoring prison, ignoramuses enlisting, sound dumb, found them, drowning cows dung, crowns flung. I was thinking about this earlier, Dave. Um, we had the the promo, but it wasn't yeah. snippets. It was like six full tracks or five full tracks from Born yeah. Like. It's mm -hmm. actually probably the best version of that project. Totally, <laughs> it's like it's like just all all fill, all killer right. no filler. Like there's nothing totally. to wade through. I love listening to the Bukowski part, but that's not what makes the record good. You just want to hear Doom right. rhyme, and totally. that's that. It's totally. such a beautiful, what probably his most beautiful non sequitur rhyme. Um, right just like it's such an ill sample and like th that song has always been like an important song in our friendship because of that but it's I know he's that for a lot of people and I think um what I was trying to get at when we were talking to Mike is like it's it's very odd to let he doesn't have like his version of like imagine or like um uh all you need is love or something mm -hmm. like where like when 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 a rapper dies, like what song do you use to eulogize them? You know what I mean? Like right, I, right. I wasn't I wasn't um, of the can culture. I offer? Yeah, please, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the the actual song Operation Doomsday. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he he he's not he's he's obviously kind of talking about not his own life necessarily. But I, that's what I kind of gravitated towards and like was this kind of somber, but kind of uh, still doom, right? Because he doesn't get super, super deep or, or too, too dark in that way. Yo, watch your own back, came in and go out alone, black. Stay in the zone, turn H2O to cognac on doomsday. Ever since the womb till I'm back with my brother went, that's what my tumor say. Right above my government, tumor lake. Either unmarked or engraved, hey, who's to say? Um, but that for me is, is going to be the, the, the track like, um, yeah. that, that I go back to. It's not the same, but it reminds me of when, um, uh, when Mac Miller passed, who I was not a big Mac Miller fan, but, but learned to appreciate some of his stuff later. Uh, he has that song, Damn, with, um, with Anderson Pock, And that was like, it was the tone and it was kind of sad and kind of upbeat and like, yep, that was the song. And, yeah. you know, Tupac changes was a big deal when he passed. You know, it's like every mm -hmm. artist, they usually try to attach it. I think the closest thing Doom has is, is Doomsday. That's a great one. I mean, it's, it's definitely a standout. You know what I mean? You mentioned um, Gastrols earlier, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So for me, one, as we we're thinking about, you know, what are the kind of seminal Doom tracks um, for each of us, Gastrols stands out to me because um, it's... To me, it's it's some of the best early doom. By the way, I real born bad dreams, back up screams, fear born mad schemes that heat shot like Jiffy. In an instant, get smoked like Winston cigarettes. Holes get ripped off like Nicorette. In real life, the real tripe scene. 
Might snatch your life like a salt machine. Like on Doomsday, he's getting the sound together. He's kind of laying the, the blueprint for what would be kind of in the first decade of what um, MF Doom was. And so he takes the Steely Dan's uh, Black Cow, which had been flipped um, famously by uh, Lord Tariq and, and Peter Guns already, um, but takes a, a much more obscure bit and chunk of it in, in true kind of underground hip hop fashion, uh, ridiculously slowed down. He's talking to the sample, the, the hook gas draws plays into the sample um, of, of what's being sung. And I just remember thinking like, that's not an obscure sample by any means. Um, and he took it and flipped it in a way that I, I wouldn't have thought about. And kind of sounds, you know, Nate has touched on this a little bit, almost sounds a little bit amateurish in, in its construction. But the way he put it together, I, I vividly remember going, like, this is a new sound. Like, this is something mm -hmm. new. Because right. in my kind of rap journey, I get bored very easily. And I'm kind of just looking for like, what's the new sound? So I remember hearing gas draws and being like, oh, that's, that's the new sound. Like that's kind mm -hmm. of, and so whenever I hear herbs and spices and all of those things, I, I kind of reflect back on the first time I, I came into contact with Operation Doomsday, gas draws in particular. Yeah. Um, also because that was like one of my mom, or is one of my mom's kind of catchphrases. Um, you know, running like you in hell with gas draws. So I just, I always thought that was like a really, a really cool uh, kind of play on words. And um, for me, it's kind of like one of those uh, tracks that I mark as the beginning of, of something. Uh, Nate, you, you had a, a couple, a couple interesting tracks. I know you guys kind of shared that's that as a, as a moment. What's another track that was like a, a standout doom for you? I never hear anyone else talk about this track, but I just love this song he did with the Herbalizer called It Ain't Nothing. Um, it's from their album, Something Wicked This Way Comes, which has a lot yeah. of good hip hop moments on it. And then there's also a version of this song that was remixed by Andrew Broder, AKA The Fog, um, who I've always been a fan of and um, who did these uh, like kind of weird, kind of like ambient remixes of mm -hmm. um, some classic hip hop songs that I was really into. Um, if you would, if you would travel back with me into uh, a time when the phrase Indietronica was a thing. Whoa, uh, whoa. I was kind of in, into <laughs> that sound. Like I was listening to like, <laughs> the Notwist and uh, Dave and right. I were really into this band called Moom. Um, stuff like that. And he kind of like, he took like indie rock and hip hop sensibilities and turntablism and kind of weirdo stuff and mm -hmm. blended it all into this in interesting thing that ended up sort of in the realm of like Anticon associated Indietronica, which I know that's a lot of words and it doesn't mean much to most people, but it, it just me meant a lot to me at the time. I've always had kind of a rock vibe. And so to hear someone like bring that into the underground hip hop realm was really cool. And it's just one of my favorite doom rhymes. It's actually one long verse. It ain't nothing like a fist full of cash or a place full of the hash that twists like a mustache from end to end, spread it like a rash from talking through your walkman or at your disco bash. Give me the Tim's rumple, still skin brown, a metal face mask with a built-in frown, a mic to tilt down, a hundred thousand pounds, and see how kilt sound like spilt milk clown. Cocoa butter on a very ashy day, fam. Ray-Bans out on the islands of Cayman. 
I'll break it down for the layman. Bande soleil for the central page. And it just, um, he just rips it, dude. It's just like, um, he just he just says a bunch of funny, cool stuff mm. and tosses it off, kind of. It's like anyone else, it would be the greatest thing they ever wrote. And he just, yeah. like, for him, it was like a, a kind of a throwaway guest verse, not something he would do at his shows, not something that defines his legacy, but it's just like this insane rhyme. And that's yeah. kind of the beauty of Doom's music is that his command of the English language and um, the joy with which he manipulated words mm -hmm. um, just was completely evident in in even his kind of lesser songs uh, yeah there, there, there kind of aren't that many bad doom songs there are some i can't go so far as to say he never made a bad song but there are it, there just aren't that many moments where it's not obvious that he's brilliant and mm -hmm. so this song it ain't nothing is just he's just like this is nothing for me this is just what i do <laughs> totally. um, and i've just i've just always really liked that song and just memorized it from listening to it over and over again and just it's just like it's just special to me personally i love how you brought up um the his track with herbalizer i mean i they did a, they did a few things together right like yeah few, yeah I, I think like you know, i liked them all you know yeah, and like i think he, that was a good check for him right totally totally and, like ninja tune paid on time this is my feeling of mm -hmm. the behind the scenes i don't know about it and i certainly didn't mean to interrupt dave but i was like no 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 he'll keep going back to that well when he finds someone he works with well like the czar face guys and like mm -hmm. you know it's just like okay we got a rhythm now like yeah. Rhyme Sayers, you know, it's like, okay, totally, we'll do another totally, one. Totally, And then there's a lot of one-offs and weird stuff, but please continue. No, no, no. I, I was just uh, wholeheartedly agreeing with you. I mean, nice. I, I love those albums. He, he rips them on those albums. You know, he's, he's not doing the slow flow. Um, if anything, it's, it's a little bit more Zev Love X, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And, and to your point, I mean, when, he, when he's just playing with the English language, I mean, even his non sequiturs sound profound. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah it, it's really the best shit, man. Um, the other song I wanted to bring up was Let Me Watch off of uh, Victor Vaughn. Boom, my cousin's friend, friend wanna meet me. Saw me on TV, said she need a sweetie. Heard he was the type to do her name in graffiti. And greet her with a kiss, straight gentlemanly steed, a G. Whatever's meant to be is meant to be. She can slip a smile to make a nigga flip wild. Heron bowl name chain, diamond chip script style with the matching bracelet. Sweats with the K-Swiss, athletic chick who run track. Hey, miss, pleasure's all mine. Please call me Vic. Um, with uh, somebody who we had on the program, uh, Apani B-Fly. Um, I just think that's one of the greatest rap duets as well. And the, the story that it tells, and it's just so innocent and cute and funny it, it seriously in some ways encapsulates pretty much what you like about doom how he can work with anyone to your point you know herbalizer and just fucking kill it and sort of adapt to their steez but certainly not lose the edge that brought him there you know what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah it's man it's kind of funny because uh even doom's best love song is actually kind of a gross <laughs> no, totally. It totally. falls apart at the end. Like it's exactly, like, it's yeah, about yeah. seven eighths of this really cute, like meet cute romantic comedy right. underground hip hop song, and then it gets kind of dark. Yeah, well, he, he blows it by calling her. You know, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. great. She it, doesn't. He does. It's just that's the song. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, it doesn't end happily ever after. You know, and I think that's sort of you know the brilliance of Doom as well. Yep. Um, you guys know a, a special subgenre that I'm into is about songs about not getting the girl. And that, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's most relatable. Um, <laughs> what about you, Damo? What, what other tracks or sort of like, you know, things come to mind? Um, 
one track that I wanted to speak on here is a, a one that I think people know about, but it comes from one of his more um, slept on collaborations, in my opinion, which was the um, the JJ Doom record um, and the song Govna, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of this later Doom style mm -hmm. um, where he's he, he it's a little bit more upbeat. Um, on a lot of the songs on J.J. Doom. And Governor in particular, uh, he's writing this amazing kind of swingy beat. Um, reminds me a lot of, of similar vibes to Gazillionaire. Catch a throat full from the fire vocal with ash and molten glass like I am Jyla Joko. The volcano out of Iceland. He'll conquer and destroy the rap world like the white man. Learned from a pro as a mentor. Started with a bird nest and burnt it to a cinder. Gotta get the party kicking, plus a little charred body smelted like chicken. And he's just swagging the fuck out on it. Like he's <laughs> he's he really brings this energy of like, I'm a top level spitter. I know I'm amazing at what I do, and I'm gonna name check the volcano. I am Gyro Joko. Like, <laughs> cause he could do that. He set up he set up the rhyme scheme and yeah. the first bars to work in that word. Like, right. and it's. It's very obvious and transparent and nobody else could do it totally that that he would do and so i i've always loved that track um because it's swingy it's bouncy um and it's doom being doom uh kind of later in the game right. you know what i mean it was kind of like he had already done mad villain he um he had done a bunch of collaborations with with great producers i didn't know who jj Jarrell was before that um, which is also Doom. Doom would just often collab with people that you're like, what? Right, uh, right. And then here it is. So that that for me has always been a standout track. Plus, I always love the, the cover art um, for, for that record. And it's one of those, like, uh, the record I think about when I'm like, if you didn't know about Doom and I was trying to hip you. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, it's I, later I, era Doom. So I, 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 I wasn't really in love with that record, but all, even though I do like the song Governor, and um, I, I really need to revisit it though. I need to I mean, revisit it too. I think I was yeah. harsh on it when it came out. And like, I, guys, this is a little, we don't know any of this stuff. And I do have a real question I want to ask, but like, do you think the family's <laughs> going to open the vault a little? Like, I mean, look, I, uh, when I was rereading my interview uh, with, with him, um, there was a part about the Ghostface album and he's like, oh, I, it, the tracks are recorded. They're, they're sitting in my fucking whatever. Right. And it's like, oh my God. Like uh, The guy who runs on... Nature Sounds has been on Twitter doing a ton of cool behind the scenes stuff. Those mm -hmm. videos of Doom on the boat wearing the mask. Oh, I know. I know. Shirt. Like, I'm, I'm going to cry talking about it. Um, and he's like, someone's like, so are we getting Doom Starks now? Like 30 seconds after it comes out. <laughs> one liner dicks. And he's like, the, the family will decide these are not our decisions. Right. So totally. I'm just, but I'm but just you know they're going to. Will we? I, I I always wondered would we get another great record from Doom after right. Born Like This. Born Like This is a long time ago now. I know, I know. I, I, I think if there was a Mad Villain 2 sort of recorded already and they're in that headspace, I, that's got to be the, the next brilliant one. Yeah. Because a couple of the Doom Stars. Mad Villain 3 because they used Mad Villain 2 for the remix <laughs> record. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even super into the Nehruvian doom stuff with Bishop Nehru, but it just, it just sort of shows his reach and expansiveness and, you know, um, open-mindedness to like doing fucking whatever, you know what yeah. I mean?
Do you guys have a favorite KMD era track, Damone? Yeah, yeah. My and that's 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 kind of tough, but I I always go back to uh, Contact Blit. As a as a great story rap uh, that he folds in an experience he had in San Jose really quick, which is always <laughs> a point of, of pride, even though he's kind of making fun of us. Um, a point of pride. And, and my guy, Hen Boogie, um, shout out to Hen, he posted on his Facebook today the story of when, and it was KMD, oh, and a couple other groups came to town and kind of being able to share the stage with them in San Jose and kind of how all that went down, which was, it was difficult not to get kind of feeling emotional about that. Can you screenshot but, that and put it in our chat? I'm not going to like sign into Facebook, but I want to read it. <laughs> yes, I can be your surrogate Facebook person. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, Contact Blit for me is, is dope because um, Doom mastered non sequitur, but in KMD era, he's a masterful storyteller. Totally. Like, so. He would tell these amazingly witty, you know, comic bookish stories from beginning to end. And Contact Blit is, is exactly that. Talking about this experience they had on the tour bus and the bus driver wouldn't let them smoke weed or bring women on and like how that all kind of fell out. And it's all about this trip through California. And I can see it in my mind, right? Like a bunch of like hardcore underground East Coast rappers um, smoking what must have been terrible weed um, uh, in a bus up and down I-5. You know what I mean? It's, it's so visual and so dope, and it's very indicative of the, of the KMD kind of pre-Doom um, sound. And uh, another reason why I always like the KMD stuff is because he raps in this slightly higher register, and mm -hmm, that's how mm -hmm. you know he's young. Right. It's like... It's kind of like when I go back and listen to my old self and I'd be like, yes. I used to rap like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's Definitely. slightly, he's slightly, uh, he's, you could tell he's not as husky and, it, and he doesn't have as many 40s under his belt. But um, yeah, that, that's always been an amazing song for me. Dave, do you have a, a, a KMD era? I, you know what, I do, I, I have a couple, but I mean, uh, the first one, which I, I realize is very pedestrian, but I mean, if we're going on just pure joy and amount of listens, it's gotta be Peach Fuzz. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, how can you, you know, how can you not just because it's so fucking great, you know, but um, sort of uh, that era too, I was just listening to uh, Gas Face. And first off, mm. when I listen to that now, I think of our intro and not Gas Face, which is really weird, you know, to have Don Newkirk do the intro but you know what I forgot was like everybody does really well and then Doom comes in and scoops them all up dude you know he he is by far the standout verse on that and yeah that that might be I mean that was the introduction but it it's certainly like the standout too of that era like when Zeb Love comes on gas face and obliterates everybody else you know what I mean a special appearance by KMD's Zeb Love X gas face can either be a smile or a Uh, what about you, Nate? 
uh, I want to keep our streak alive of mentioning Sesame Street on every single episode. <laughs> so I'm, I've always been a big fan of Hum Rush. talk about how young they are like if you listen to hum rush it's basically like a children's song mm-hmm. uh, it's just like the way they incorporated the ernie and bert humming and like just the way that they attack the beat is just it's just fun mm-hmm. uh, i love black bastards i you know i wasn't the type of person who was in the know enough to have the cassette copies that were circulating or the bootlegs yeah. i heard it when it came out officially <laughs> in uh 2001 i believe um there were a couple of different vinyl versions um and so i was kind of like oh shit i now i'm all caught up uh, i get what everyone was talking about but um the mr hood was commercially available and so i had heard it before and so mm-hmm. i just i just really like hum rush i think it's a fun song and um I, it just reminds me that they were like a family band essentially yeah, you know what i mean right, it's like onyx right. was still in the band at that time but it's right. these two brothers making their version of like kind of long island style conscious mm-hmm. hip-hop which we love right we like we love de la we love rakim right. we love all that love stuff that came from that right. era it's like we 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 all could name several different uh neighborhoods of long island just off of them being mentioned in um rap songs so to kind of continue that legacy with kmd i think was really special absolutely absolutely um it's it's obviously difficult right we we touched on this at the top of the program is how do you mourn and and kind of celebrate in the same space right and i do Mm -hmm. think that's kind of what we've all been going through us here and then kind of the greater uh hip-hop world has been going through uh, for the past five days since we since we heard this news. Um, I asked this to Mike, and I, I kind of want to, and I've spoken on it a little bit, but I kind of want to put it to y'all. Um, Doom is probably, like we said, the, the greatest underground rapper of all time, if not rapper of all time. Um, what what is the enduring legacy mm. of of MF Doom, in your mind, Mr. Nate LeBlanc? Uh, A comedian actually tweeted this out Mm. on Thursday. Uh, His name is DC Pearson, and he said, RIP to the living embodiment of the joy of the English language. Yeah. And Mm. I was like, that's that's really good. Um, Doom's effortless wordplay and his lack of of regard for the supposed unwritten rules of hip-hop are both those are the two sides for me that i think are really the keys to enjoying his music and the keys to understanding what his legacy will be not only is he a miracle of a rapper he's just he's just an incredible technician um who just strung together words in a completely unique way that has brought me a lot of joy in my life but his as a producer and as an artist he had an unconventional approached things he had a very um i I don't know what you call it um i I just keep wanting to say unique but i'm sure there's some better way to say it he just like did it his way 
and did it yeah. better than basically anyone else. And so I think I, I, I wrote this tweet for us where I was like, you know, the lesson from Doom's life is like, hey, be yourself. And if that doesn't work, be someone else. And I was kind of <laughs> kidding, but it, it like seemed but to resonate yeah. with people. And I yeah. think that he, we haven't even touched on King Ghidra or Victor Vaughn. Like yeah. I've always been a big Victor Vaughn guy. I listened to a lot of King Ghidra this weekend where he kind of grants the stage to his friends. He was such a, a generous producer in that way of letting people get on. Anyway, um, rambling at this point, but the, the legacy for Doom is that he's not only a great rapper, but someone who did things completely unconventionally and kind of crafted his own sound. And that's all we can want as fans. Absolutely. You, Dave? What do you think? Jeez. Well, that, that pretty much encapsulates it all. I mean, when we talk about Doom, we talk about like the most hip hop dude in the room and the most not hip hop dude in the room. Like he's from a different fucking galaxy. You know what I mean? And he, I, even in that Red Bull um, interview, he, he talks about how like rap dudes are like, you're a fucking weirdo. Like what, what's this mass shit about? You know, and you can only imagine that. I mean, I, I, I have a sister who's a 30 year old immigration attorney. And if I told her MF Doom just died, she'd be like, what? <laughs> and if I showed her the mask, she'd be even more confused. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so I think for me, besides his humor, which, which will always sort of ring, um, it's, his, it's his individuality. He's just like, I'm going to do my fucking shit, dude. I'm going to wear a fucking mask around in the sphere of hip hop where people don't do that shit. You know what I mean? I'm going to just, I'm going to rap as different characters. I'm going to have the most craziest non sequitur fucking rhyme schemes of all time. And you guys are just going to have to one day get it. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and we did. And we did. So, yeah, his legacy is individuality for me. Mm. Just uncanny. Um, what about you, Damone? Man, um, I, I just feel like when it comes to, to rapping, rapping, and rap's not always about that, right? Like, right. I think Mike right. alluded to this. Rap is, is, a, is a confident scheme in a lot of ways, mm. right? It's about new hot things. It's about mm -hmm. cool experimentation. It's about kind of destroy and rebuild. Um, but in the same way that, like, I think about a Thelonious Monk, and being a unique voice and a unique time and place um, in his genre, I, I kind of feel like that's the space, the type of space that Doom will occupy. He will be that type of person. Before you knew who Thelonious Monk was, you heard his name um, and you knew he was kind of strange. Like, I think Doom's place in the popular culture legacy will be what you alluded to, Dave, this kind of iconoclast, kind of, you know, weird guy that, that came from an unconventional angle. I think musically, um, I've been amazed at how, while he was alive, he had this legacy where the Odd Future kids, they're not even kids anymore, they're grown ass men, but <laughs> there's that famous video of when Tyler and Earl meet MF Doom and they're about to pee their pants. Yeah, like, that's so great, dude. That, that embodies like everything of how we all feel, you know? Which is what I would have done, but totally. they were like, killing it at that time, right? I know. Like they, they were the hottest thing in, in rap at that time, the hottest young thing. And they were just, you know, all about doom. I, I listened to all the new great projects that came out this year and his imprint is somewhere in there with most of that stuff. And so I kind of feel like musically, hip hopper, rap dudes will continue to, and, and women will continue to tap into um, the, 
the great kind of um, imagination and rule breaking stuff that he did. And fortunately or un unfortunately, um, I do think the mask and his vis and his visage is gonna um, live beyond him in a way where we're going to be irritated that there's MF Doom shirts at Target. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Nate. Nate. Yeah, I just want to. I I love what you guys were saying, and I agree with it. And I saw a lot of people posting the several different videos of uh, Yasin Bay, most deaf. Oh yeah, I love that. Big Doom fan and. The, the odd future guys. And I just wanted to say, and I haven't said it online yet, and I just kind of want to have this captured. That's, MF Doom isn't great because most deaf likes him. Most deaf likes him because MF Doom is great. Oh, 100%. And that, that's a yeah. big difference. And I was feeling a little annoyed. And again, not to center myself in this narrative and not that this has anything to do with me, but it was great to see so many people paying tribute to Doom right. in so many different ways all weekend. And it's, it's it doesn't belong to me, but I'm like, He's, I just felt like I needed to say, like, while those clips are great, listen to his music. Mm -hmm. Like, listen to early stuff from KMD, listen to even like um, a newer project like a West Side Doom. Like, that's yeah. like something we haven't touched on yet that was like very left field at the time. No, none right. of us knew who West Side Gun was. That was nope. how he came right. into our consciousness. And it just seemed like one of those kind of Bishop Nehru one off mm -hmm. kind of things. I didn't expect. Griselda's flower to grow out of that pot in this way at all but um I, I think if you want to appreciate doom it's not it's not a about iconography it's about music the mask 100%. is great and the mask is a huge part of his mystique and his legacy but please if you want to understand who mf doom is it's all there on the records it's right. just, just totally. listen to his music please don't turn him into a meme and uh, damon you just said we're all going to be bothered by how this is treated moving forward and like it, it's already happening as you can yeah. tell I'm, I'm grumpy totally. about it and we it's like you know <laughs> hasn't even really kicked in yet that it's happened mm -hmm. so anyway just wanted to say that yeah 100 no, no, agree it's a great it's a great point and i think the maybe the sunshinier note of that is like Rappers are, are notoriously stingy with doling out praise, right? Because every rapper is their, is their own favorite rapper and thinks right. they're amazing. Um, we are going to continue to see tributes. Like we mentioned, Mike did a great tribute, and he kind of linked to a couple of other cats who I wasn't familiar with who have done great tributes to MF Doom. So I, I, look, I look forward to kind of just, um, you know, celebrating the memory with uh with all of y'all everybody that tuned in grateful to have this space um and yeah grateful that you guys can rock with us uh we will we should we will post a thread of some of the different episodes that we've done either kind of dedicated to doom or had great interviews or conversations about mm -hmm. him i wanted to do it this weekend and i just i couldn't bring myself to do it yeah I, yeah I, yeah, I, and I'm glad that we didn't as well. Uh, but I think uh, we have a lot of reference points to go back to um, Count Base D. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we, we yeah. have him, you know, um, who, uh, who, uh, we did the, the Doom um, episode with uh, Josh Gondelman. You know, it's just like, there's just so much to pull from and, you know, sort of speaks to how omnipresent he just always is. You know, that's why it's, it's such a bummer because he's literally like my 
most listened to artist maybe. I know. So like, if if like someone you know? indexed our conversations right, on this show, right. he would he would right. be probably one of the most mentioned artists. So yeah. for maybe like Biz Marquis or something. <laughs> but it, it even like we we don't have any full episodes on Biz Marquis. We have several nope. full episodes on Doom. So right. I, I don't know, man. It's a loss of a major artist. Um he seemed like a very complicated person, kind of a sad person. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that uh we're lucky to have been able to give him his flowers at the time and like oh, yeah. we'll continue to just be massive fans of his music. It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to explore. There's a lot of records. There's a lot of side projects. There's a lot of aliases. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I'd just like to implore anyone who maybe isn't super familiar with him to just spend this time, this time in particular, when everyone's talking about it and thinking about it to like dig a little deeper. There's, there's some great records beyond Mad Villain and MF and uh, Operation Doomsday and just like just a lot to explore and just it's a whole world um, right right so I just hope that people will spend some time exploring that world and listening to all the great music and like honestly if you want to understand Doom in the way that a fan can try to rap along totally it's gonna take a couple of rewinds right right you you, yeah those sharp turns is where you notice his genius is at you know what I mean and uh, hit, uh, our universe is brighter because he let us in his, you know? It's, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, uh, we, we, we invite you to, to uh, share your thoughts, feelings, sentiments about Doom. Chat with us at DadBodRapPod on Twitter, um, at DadBodRapPod on Instagram. Um, you know, we do this show every week. We kind of paused our regularly scheduled uh, interviews that we had set to drop because we felt that this conversation and, and commemorating the life and work of MF Doom was that important. So we thank you for rocking with us. Uh, the beautiful thing is, although his physical form has, has ceased to be, his music will live on forever and it, it will live on through this podcast. So expect us to keep kind of uh, examining and re-examining his work. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Every Thursday, you're getting a new episode. We'll be back on our regular schedule next week, but this one's for Doom. Dad Bod Rap Pod. Can it be I stayed away too long? Did you miss these rhymes when I was gone? As you listen to these crazy tracks, check them stats, then you know where I'm at. And that's that. Lonely Island Audio.